Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. And welcome to this week's episode of the Artist Interview, a podcast from Hope FM, where I, Gordon T, your host, get to talk to some of the amazing big names from the world of contemporary Christian music. And I've got to say, this week, I am delighted to say that we've got Crowder, that's David Crowder, um, with us for the Artist Interview. And, you know, he's got some beautiful music. I'm sure <laughs> the vast majority of us are familiar with it but uh he's got also some stories to share and i'm really looking forward to hearing that but before we talk with david let's listen to this first track which i'm sure you're familiar with it's good god almighty And that was Good God Almighty by David Crowder. Hey, David, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Thank you, Gordon. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, this is amazing. I love it. Well, it's, it's our absolute honor to have you with us today. Um, I just thought I might mention a little bit about Good God Almighty. Um, in our charts, so we've got, I don't know if you know much about the UK. We are I'm, Some people think we're a little bit of a backward nation, but we do have charts here. You may not look <laughs> at them very often, but we do. So just, you know, in, in the Hope FM charts, uh, you last year, Good God Almighty had 21 weeks uh, in our chart uh, and it peaked at position one. So which was, I think, quite good, if I'm honest. Um, and and <laughs> at the end of the year, we do something called the chart of the year. Uh, and that okay. works out according to some magic algorithm the order of all of the tracks from the whole year. Um, uh, Anne Wilson, she she came in position number two. Uh, Phil Wickham, I think he was position number three. Uh, yeah. You, sir, if I was to look down the rankings a little bit, I wouldn't actually see you in the top 30 uh, if I looked down, yeah. because rather than two or three, you you were one number one, sir. Number one in chart <laughs> the year here. So, um, so good God That's Almighty. Crazy, it, it's a beautiful track. Uh, we've really enjoyed playing it on the station. So, um, so thank you for that. But before I talk too much about your music, it would be great if you were happy just to share a bit about your life story, about how you came to become a Christian and follower of Jesus, and uh, how your music as well came out of all of that. T tell us your life story, sir. Man, that is. Uh, first of all, I don't even know what to say about that. Like. Wow. Um, what a defiant song. Like, good God almighty. That, what, it's just a defiant song. You know, it's like, I love, I love, um, um, first of all, I'm sorry, that kind of blew my mind. I apologize. But that, that, that's crazy. Like, I just, uh, the way I got into doing what I'm doing, I was kind of outside of uh, the church and just to be back uh, that's just nuts. That, that's kind of nuts to hear that. Um, so thank you for um, enlightening me there. But but what, the good God Almighty thing, what a defiant track, right? It's like a fist of the air. It's like, you know, praise him in the morning. Sun's coming up. Praise him in the noontime. Like, oh, sky's blue. Things are great. Sun's shining. But then praise him when the sun goes. Like when it gets dark, when it gets bleak, when it gets heavy. I feel like that is probably a, a um, it, you know, when you look backwards, I've been doing this for a while. That's a, that's a definite theme that I've been carrying for a long time. That Like when it's bleak, when it's hard, when it's heavy, 
there is hope that, that there is grace extends to wherever you have run to. And that, that I don't think we can sing enough over and over and remind ourselves of that truth over and over. Um, I, I grew up in a home that my parents were very devout in, in their faith. And uh, actually I began my, I, I, I began my journey. Uh, I made a verbal commitment to follow Jesus at age seven. And here's how this went down. I hope you love this. I love this. Um, we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is exactly like it sounds. <laughs> I don't know what you have in your mind uh, being over there in the UK of Oklahoma, but it's what you think it is. And, um, <laughs> and so I'm seven. My parents have dropped me and my brother off at like the, the we were, they were, there was some, something going on. And they dropped us off at children's church, like where the kids go <clears throat> and, and then the adults go one way, the kids go the other way. And so I'm sitting there in a strange location. I'm, I'm, we're in Texas. I, I think we we're visiting family friends or something. But I don't know how we got there, but we're we're now in children's church. And the guy on the stage it has a puppet, like a, a purple puppet. And the puppet's name is Eugene. So he's. He's on stage. He's talking to Eugene, and he asked, he asked Eugene, the purple puppet, if he wants if Eugene wants Jesus in his heart. Bizarrely, Eugene was was accepting of such a proposition. It's like, yes, I want Jesus in my heart, and and Eugene asked Jesus in his heart, and I'm like, I want what Eugene has. I want to be. And so I've gone down. I've gone down the front because I want what G Eugene got. He, he, he looks like he's, he's fully alive. And uh, here's the thing, though. My dad had been super intense regarding me and my brother um, as kids making a profession of faith. He wanted to make sure we understood and knew what we were doing. And, and I, I, so I, we're in the car headed back to, like, the hotel and – and, and I'm, I'm cry, I start crying in the back seat. And my mom goes, are you crying? And I'm like, yes, I'm crying. And she's like, why are you crying? I go, well, Eugene wanted Jesus in his heart. I said, I, I want Jesus in my heart. So I was super repentant about, <laughs> about my profession of faith. I feel like, here's what I feel like. I feel like my first profession of faith was under duress and potential physical harm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I think you might possibly be the only person in the world that the first thing they've asked for forgiveness of after becoming a Christian is yes. becoming a Christian. I mean, <laughs> right. Uh, so here's what I want to say is never, never underestimate the power of puppetry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You always have to move your thumb like, you know, nobody talks like, ah, rah, rah. you know, I, 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 you know, no, it's just the thumb is, and I was sold Eugene. He did it like, I want Jesus too. And I was like, ah, now here, fast forward, uh, years later, like this is probably 10 years ago. I'm playing music with, a a um, a, a legendary country artist, Ricky Skaggs. He's an amazing, amazing musician. And we're at a church, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the pastor of the church is the guy. Yes. I, I didn't know. Oh my goodness! So, 
I am like freaking out. I'm like unbelievable. So I find, I find the pastor, uh, you know, at some point and I'm like, bro, let me tell you at age seven, I made my profession of faith because Eugene said yes. And I'm like, I've been following Jesus ever since. Um, and then he goes, uh, do you want to, you want to see Eugene? He's in my office. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, I've got the, yeah. Eugene's like in my office. And, and so I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. Let me see Eugene. And so we go in his office and seriously, there's a case. There's like a road, like a road case, like a very heavy duty road case in on the floor in his office. And he opens it up and, and, and pops a lid open and there's Eugene laying just, just lifeless. And I go, I looked at him and I like, this feels weird. I don't know that I should have seen this. He goes, there's four of him. I'm like, wait, what? He goes, you, do you want one? I'm like, no, I do not want <laughs> Eugene the puppet. No, absolutely not. So anyway, it kind of messed me up, but that was only, I'm still, still following Jesus though. Did, it didn't put you off seeing Eugene. Despite seeing the lifeless body of Eugene in a case. <laughs> in the pastor's office yeah so that's my that's my story of how did you come to follow jesus eugene the purple puppet never underestimate the power of puppetry <laughs> yeah well you hear the truth and sometimes it might be shown to you in an unusual way but if you if you hear it and you want it it's a great moment to grab it so i agree uh, age seven age seven you 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 followed eugene following jesus and your parents were actually quite delighted. You didn't get in trouble. You didn't lose your pocket money, as we call it in the UK. It's all okay. And what happened What happened after that then? How did you, at that point, uh, feel that God, what direction was God taking you? Um, well, so um, my, my life, what I thought, I thought my life path um, career-wise and just like what I was going to be up to in life was just sort of like bread, bread, uh, breadcrumbs laid out a trail as clear as you could see. Um, my dad owned an insurance agent, uh, agency. Um, so he does insurance and it was Crowder insurance agency. And I thought my dad was like the coolest dude on the planet. Like he was amazing. Um, everybody loved him. He's always, his office was like back in this. So this is like back in the eighties, nineties wood paneling, had like behind his desk was like a, a, a wallpaper forest scene. It looked like, you know, so he's like, yeah, I mean, this is, this is what happened back then. Had the phone where the uh, little, this is back with the dial up bill. And, and so he had, you know, he'd be doing car quotes and stuff on the, you know, computer. Well, I'm like, this dude is the coolest. He's the coolest. All I want to do is be him. So this whole music, uh, and church thing was a, a surprise to all of us. Um, I'm junior in college and, uh, the guy that's starting to uh, starting the, um, church is like, Hey man, I want you to help me with the music. And we, we're at, we're going to Baylor university, which is a, a religious Christian oriented college in Texas. So in the Bible belt, South of of the states and and um they had done a survey of their student population at baylor which is i don't know 
maybe about 20,000 kids are going there and over half of them at a Christian university in Southern United States, never stepped foot in church their whole college career or experience. Yes. And so at, at first he's, he's talking about this and cause I was like, why would you start another church? And like, there's a church on every corner. Like, why would this be necessary? And he's like, well, because all of our friends aren't going anywhere. <clears throat> and, and um, I think on the collegiate level, academia, there, there is and was a exodus of folks that may have grown up in the church that had, you know, they'd reached, um, they, they'd gone away from home, like for myself too, you know, like, so here I grew up in a Christian home with very devout, you know, parents or devout in their faith. And, and, um, and then your ideas and worldview that you had been given and, and kind of born into are uh, up and colliding against a lot of other very interesting and intriguing possibilities. And, and I think <clears throat> that is, has definitely been a, a, um, one of my favorite things about getting to do what I do is to be in that collegiate moment where everything, the whole world is possible. And to be able to ask the question, which was asked to me, what would you leverage this bit of breath that you have been given toward yourself? Or is there something bigger and grander? Is there a better narrative than this story is yours that's being written? And, and um, so, I, you know, as pastors are typically compelling you know individuals he says like hey man could you help me with the music and i'm like that's a terrible idea <laughs> and yet he talked me into it which they're great at that you know they and um and so basically all we were doing was reimagining old like hymns that have been fully vetted songs that have been in the church for centuries and and putting them in a more current uh, musical setting and something that would sound more typical to to you know college radio type stuff that you know we could identify with and then about a year and a half in i i began to feel the need to say something current and particular to our organic experience and that's really how the whole this is how the whole thing started is wanting to be rooted in something historical and very well vetted with theological grounding and then also say something particular about what our experience is to live as humans next to one another and vocalize and say stuff that reminds us of what it means to be in relationship to the divine. Cause that's a very bizarre thing to try to get your head around, you know, the created um, trying to be in communion with your maker is a, it's a difficult thing to, to comprehend his pursuit of us and then to be able to vocalize our pursuit of him is, is a, that's what I'm still trying to do today. You know? Well, it's, I got to say, it sounds like quite a challenge. Were you musically quite gifted then from a young age? Did you always been doing music? So when you started doing stuff with that church, it was quite easy. Uh, no, it wasn't. And it was terrifying. I, I love music growing up. Um, um, I loved it. Like, I love the idea of it. it you know, um, I, I kind of always played by ear 
and whatnot. And that's kind of how I got started um, studying music was my mom. See, it's always the parents. <laughs> it's like my mom. So here's, here's how it happened. At a very early age, it's like, don't touch the piano. The kids can't touch the piano. It's like, you know, there's the piano in the room. The only thing you can't touch is the piano. And if, it, it, it's the only thing in the room that makes noise. So, and then you, that's the only thing you said we can't do. So, of course, the kids are going to bang on the piano because it makes noise. And like you said, not to. So, uh, early, I figured out <clears throat> uh, my inclinations as a, as a human. And I think I've been singing about that moment ever since. However, my mom at some point was like, okay, I've been telling the kid, no, don't touch it. Don't do Don't do that. Don't do that. And then she's like, oh, I recognize that song because <laughs> I'm like banging on something. She's like, I know that song. That's like the, the theme song of uh, Dallas or something or Rocky. I don't know. And so uh, she sends me to get piano lessons. It says, I think the kids got an ear. And man, I, I did not. I disliked. I disliked structure at, at a piano. I did not enjoy that however she was insistent on it and thank goodness moms know best i think they they kind of know and so it came into play later in life while i hated it the whole time but when asked to, to lead at the church i was less concerned about the music side of it because i was basically asked to be the music director like make sure you got players let's make sure we are singing you know like i said we were mostly drawn from old hymns and um so that we have repertoire but the, the, the you know we have music on a sunday morning and that felt super simple and not threatening however once we started writing stuff that became very terrifying when you're when you're putting i distrust music because it's so emotional and i i think it's sneaky and and to think that we're singing things that form us and form our ideas about God and one another is just a terrifying task to me. And, and um, it was terrifying then, and it's terrifying now. <laughs> you know? it's, it's a big responsibility because uh, people do get their theology from songs. It, yeah. And it's been the way over the over the centuries people have learned their theology because, it, well, they didn't, going back in time, didn't have access to Bibles or, or other resources. Mm -hmm. But by singing something, they'd remember it. And I've got to say, it's much easier to remember a song with a catchy tune. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, pe pe people's belief system gets built around the lyrics that, that you write. And you're um, so you open this, you open the heart up too, you know, to formation. Um, I mean, the Hebrews, I mean, it's, it is biblical, like the, you know, Hebrew uh, that you would sing and then you would think, you, you would discuss, like so you sing and then you discuss. And, and that forms us, and, but it drops the wall of, of our, you know, our, our, our senses are, are less reliable, I think, a, a lot of times. And so I've, I've been, I, I'm mostly terrified <laughs> at what I get to do daily. <laughs> but you're laughing, you're smiling. Yeah. It's like, would you like to be in, <clears throat> yeah, would you like to be, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, uh, 
work with explosives. <laughs> like, no, I don't. I don't want to. Would you like to make fireworks for a living? No, I don't really want to. But okay, I'll, I'll give it a go. We could blow some stuff up or make it really beautiful. I, I, I and you have sometimes been controversial and uh, perhaps possibly responsible, nearly causing one of the largest splits in the church in modern time when you stepped out and caused that issue, which uh, I, not all the listeners will quite know what I'm talking about, but I suspect you know, David. I know what you're it's, saying. It's kissing gate, isn't it? it uh, it's where uh, something <laughs> of epic, deal. epic theological portions. It's, it's a watershed event. Yeah. It's like, what, what, what is kissing gate? For those who don't know, because some people have no idea at all, well, what, what was kissing gate? What is good for people to know is that behind the scenes, there was no controversy. It was so I, I didn't come onto the song until it, it had already been out and about for maybe two or three years. So the song's How He Loves Us, isn't it? How He Loves Us by John Mark McMillan. Yeah. John Mark McMillan had written this song. God, uh, and, um, and there's the line that says heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss. All right. I did not do John McMark. John Mark McMillan had written it. I thought because I was handed a CD from a friend in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm on a flight from Dallas to Denver, and I'm listening to my friend's uh, album, and this song comes on, and I'm like, "Man, you know, on a plane flight, it's very confined social situation. You know, you're next. I'm next to strangers, and I think I'm in like the middle seat, and and I'm weeping. I'm like, I'm like tearful." you know, sob cry. It's an ugly cry. It's an ugly cry. And, and there's, there's nothing special about the song because it's just saying God loves you. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's, it's, a, it's a theme that we've been singing as a church forever, but man, the way the metaphor, the, the, all, all the metaphors in the verses and the way the melody hits, it just, oh, it was overwhelming. And so we land in Denver and I grab all the band guys. I'm like, look y'all gotta hear this 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 song we're doing it first of all we're doing it in church sunday like this thing is like unbelievable i think my friend who gave me the album was the writer and i call him i'm like bro this song is just it floored me man he's like i didn't write that i go oh well uh well it's good that i thought you could have <laughs> so <laughs> did, did he write all of the other songs of the album but not that one so he was really <laughs> yeah ex exactly which is exactly how i did it too you know i, I put it on the album everybody's like that song's amazing i'm like well that's the only one i didn't write so thank you I appreciate that. um so I, i've had the similar experience but um I, I eventually wound up on the phone with john mark mcmillan and i'm like hey so this song absolutely destroyed me and we played it at church and it turns out that this is like a 50 50 percenter it's like this this either works or it doesn't work like really hard like it's like either it's your favorite line that's ever been in a song and you're like the sloppy wet kiss guy or you will never ever go out to eat with me at Arby's because I sing that in church on Sunday morning because you don't want to think about sloppy wet kisses in a church service. And I had no idea. I didn't even notice the line until we played it at church. And I really had all of my friends were like, either like, 
oh my goodness, that is the most incredible song I've ever heard in my life. That Slipper with Kiss Still, oh, just destroyed me. And or I had good friends tell me, bro, if you ever sing that song again, I will never come back to this church. (laughs) It's a a strong reaction, isn't it? I know. I'm like, what? And so the funny thing is when I called John McMillan, I was like, hey, man, so I want to do this song on a record. And there's this one lot and I couldn't even finish this. He's like, uh, Slavy Wet Gets. I'm like, yeah, is it been a deal? And he's like, it's a deal. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't think it's, it's not the, that's not the point of the song, you know? And, and then it, but for him and where the song came from, it kind of is his really good friend and youth pastor died in a, in a, in a terrible uh, car crash kind of way. And, and, Actually, the song in the third verse that nobody knows about that is the is part of the song. He names him Stephen. Like the word Stephen is in the third verse of the song. Well, we don't sing that in churches. Um, and I was like, well, what if what if we could reframe that whole idea that maybe heaven's intervention in the way that you know thinking about Job. Uh, could we reframe it in a way that eliminates some theological hurdles? Also, like, you know, I'm not going to sing the third verse about Stephen either. <laughs> so it, it was amazing, man. That dude, um, that dude was so humble and kind and generous. And like, and so, you know, after a, a bit of time came back with, let's do an unforeseen, like you can't see it coming, but the way that heaven interacts and intersects with some of our most tragic and difficult moments isn't happenstance. It's not sloppy at all. It might look it for us, but it was more, what do we want the church to vocalize? And as, as we said, how do we want to be formed? Do we want to want, do we want it to look like it's happenstance and just sloppy, you know, misunderstanding of, of, or could we say that, you know, sometimes it, it comes in unexpected ways. And, and that was all. And, and uh, the funny thing is I, I said, it was, it, it had already been out for a couple of years and I was like, bro, you know, I'm probably going to get destroyed <laughs> and I'll happily take it. Cause I felt like it's such a thing because I knew what it felt like to be on that plane and have such a fundamental understanding of the love of God and how it, it extends to us. And I think that's, Music does that, as I said, it drops, it drops a lot of walls and and um, and pretense and pr- protective. It's so sneaky how it gets into us, and I just felt like so much of the church could identify with the sentiment here. This is special. Can we eliminate this one bit? And the only people that would be upset by it already love the song. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, it's like they already had it. They already had the song. They already felt it. They already knew it. And, and can we can we just drop a, a, a bit of 
it opened up a whole new uh, potential audience to the song, didn't it? Although I was actually talking to uh, someone who went through cancer and she said the original version of that song had been so powerful for her during that time. So it, it is, a, it's, I think it's a, an amazing song talking about God's love. And uh, I also think you were wise in, in uh, suggesting a change there because I think it made it even more helpful um, to more people. So, but well done to John Mark McMillan for um, for being so gracious in it as well. For sure. Uh, so really, really just say, and anyone at the start of the conversation who was confused, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that David Crowder is uh, someone who's caused a massive theological controversy. It just was one of those issues which was quite um, quite interesting uh, to see. Hey, the, mem- the memes get better and better. I mean, they really do. <laughs> In fact, your social media amuses me quite a lot because it's not quite as, I'm going to say, finessed as lots of artists. I was going to say, it looks like it looks like you showed your mom how to work Instagram. <laughs> it's the worst. Do you, do you personally? Are you personally responsible for posting or does someone else do it? Uh, well, we have a system. Here's how it works. I and uh, my wife, Tony, we find things that we think are funny and fun and we have dropbox folders full of thematic content they're all labeled like different things and then we suggest when they would go i, I don't like doing the uh, professional side of it like i don't like like i don't like telling you i got an album coming out i don't like that you know what i mean the marketing and all the smart stuff that like the reason you would do social media i don't like that part of it what I loved about like Instagram was when it, it was just the only things people posted were sunsets and food, whatever yeah, they're eating. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, here's the sunset tonight. And it's like, ah, it looks very similar to what you did yesterday. And then it's like, here's what I'm eating today. It's like, ah, that looks like better than you know my mac and cheese and fish sticks i had <laughs> earlier like that looks like you're living a good life but then things have changed and um and so i'm kind of like it's very subversive my my approach to it all is very <laughs> i feel defiant and subversive in it uh at the same time my intent is to provide people with um, a smile i just want you know i think humor and laughter in the same way that music disarms us, humor and laughter does the same thing. And so if you can just drop the guard for a second, then I can say something for real to you. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, you make me smile and laugh with the things that you choose. So thank you to you and to Tony choosing friends. I love the one with the little dog and the little duck when they were friends going around. Oh, beautiful thing. So, <laughs> I know. And I would never have seen that without you, but that did, I just like, and I also watched it multiple times. I felt, oh my goodness, this is, I've, I've got to be careful because otherwise I could spend all day in your social media. I promise you, I, I promise you, I watched it more than you did. So <laughs> there's, that's how it works. That's totally how it works. Now, look, you know what we need to do? We need to, we need to play uh, the second track from you. And then what we need to find out is how did you get from being in a church band to being touring, performing, releasing albums? But tell us about this second track uh, that you've got for us. I believe it's called Anchor. Yes, it's actually the last song. Uh, this sounds pretty straightforward, but it's the Anchor track. <laughs> it's like the last song of that album of uh, Milk and Honey, the latest that we did. And bizarrely, it's it's actually been our opening like it's how we've been starting our shows because it it you know anchor it anchors the night in a way that's like 
as we've been discussing, it's like I, I want I want people to know that no matter how difficult it feels, especially in this time, you know, in this period of of life that we've been in, um, that that no matter what you're feeling, how difficult it's been, all the loss, some of the gain, it's like I want you to know that there's a there's a foundation that you can put your you can put your foot on, you, you can put your feet on something firm, and and know that you're loved and seen and known by God, your maker. That part right there, I just, I feel like a lot of my music is very evangelical in that sense, like trying to tell the narrative, the pursuit of God toward you and, and allow you to know that you can run back home. That's, that's really a lot of it, but it, it's, it's, an un, it's like an anti, it's an unexpected start of a show. And um, it, it's it, it's it's my favorite it's my favorite song that is off this album that we get to sing um, with people because it, it feels heavy and it feels re uh, it, it sort of realigns us to something that um, feels worth singing the rest of the songs after we know, hey, here's where we can place our trust and hope. There's an anchor. There is an altar Bring your plea on bended knee Bow down, bow down All you sons and daughters Run to the Father You're not too far from open arms Come home, come home and that was Anchor by David Crowder. I'm very pleased to say that David is still here on the Artist Interview podcast from Hope FM. David, thanks for all that you've shared uh, so far on that beautiful track. Uh, it would be great at this moment if you were happy to pray for our listeners. I would love that. Absolutely. Um, God, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and that your constant pursuit of us. And I want to I want to pray for everybody listening right now to know, I just pray that your spirit makes known in a very tangible way that you are in pursuit of them and, and me. I want, uh, I want to pray that you are undeniably visible in ways that would surprise us and, and, and create a sense of belonging and gratitude that we are a part of your whole narrative that um, brings glory to you. And, and um, so I, I pray now for everybody in a, in a difficult circumstance. I pray now for everybody who's on top of the mountain that in both, in both cases, you would be seen and known and in a, in a real tangible way. And we just thank you for your love and your mercy, your forgiveness, and um, grateful to be a part of your family in your name. I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, David. And if you're listening at home uh, on Hope FM in the UK or one of our partner stations worldwide, and you're thinking, who is this Jesus that uh, David and Gordon are talking about? Just want to encourage you to, if you're in the UK, get along to www.findachurch.co.uk. Uh, and if you are elsewhere in the world, just uh, contact your local station and ask them to recommend a church that can help you find out more about God's amazing love, because he is really keen 
to find you, to meet you uh, and to show more of who he is to you because he is great and trustworthy and worthy of being followed. So, right, David, um, we've, we've talked a bit about your story so far. You've told us that you were in a church. You were the director of music in the church. God was doing some great stuff and you, after two years, started writing your own songs as well as reworking old songs. So how did it end up with you being a band? So at that time, it was the <laughs> David Crowder band, I believe. So yes. um, uh, how, what happened to make that change then from just being the Sunday mornings or whatever it was? So, well, I mean, what a terrible band name. First of all, <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> so that was the bad name. You can, once you started, it's hard to change as well, isn't it? But I was going to say, see, that's why it's a bad name is because then, because that was basically the church band. So it was just the church band. It's the people that we were, we were, you know, bleeding on Sunday mornings because we would travel once we got traveling a lot. Um, we still, man, we, we, we wouldn't take, we wouldn't take offers on Saturday night because we needed to be there on Sunday morning. So we turned down a lot of stuff just because we were the church. We were the people leading the church stuff. And then if it worked around that, it was sort of our whole, um, um, MO. And then, and then what, <laughs> so, you know, remember I was saying like, eventually people will stop calling. Yeah. That's, and I said, T Tony would literally, she would be like, I just thought people was stop. So, she wound up because it's a bunch of college dudes, you know, playing music together on Sunday morning, still going to school, you know, trying to get college stuff done. And now we're traveling, uh, as I said, missionaries to California or whatever. But we start traveling and none of I mean, we can't find our car keys. Like, we don't know how we got in our apartment. Like, it's like so Tony started. She was our first road manager and booked everything like she was our booking agent road manager and she would say it's not a dream job <laughs> you don't like your dream job is not you know what i'd love to do is get a bunch of dudes from a to b <laughs> and back <laughs> to b you know or back to a and so what what we what what happened when i i, I went off so i was on staff at that church that i was part of um for 16 years and when i left being on staff tony went back to school and that was the end of our church band traveling around everywhere and it was really a a moment where um i was able to invest in what she has been put together to be a, you know doing which is not getting a bunch of dudes from a to b she's great at it and we did it and and uh that was amazing for whatever 16 years or whatever uh but it's it's been um the biggest joy to watch her um blow up like we live in atlanta georgia now we're part of the passion city church but she does architectural interior design stuff on a commercial level and a, like the things she's gotten to touch and put her hand to and her creativity to far exceed my reach and and lots and lots of ways and and um so it was really more like hey man i just get to sing songs for the church and if i get to do that further that's awesome but we got to invest in her side of life and it's been incredible to watch it blow up in an equal way um there's one one of us is great at their job in the crowder house and it's not me she's amazing at her job i just think oh, so it's that's uh, lovely yeah 
So it was just like a kind of a period at the end of a beautiful sentence and um, a lot of life shifted. And, and I didn't know if I was going to keep singing or not. I, I thought I might be working for her, picking out, you know, paint, paint samples or, you know, colors, whatever. And then it just turned out I couldn't stop writing songs. And here we are. We're still doing it. And the well, fortunate side is it was a terrible band name to begin with. <laughs> what are you going to do if you already used your band name? It's like, ah. Well, we'll go. We'll go with the last name, Crowder. It sounds more athletic. It's less syllables. People are busy. It, you can say it quicker than the David Crowder asterisk band. Yeah, so yes, Howard is Crowder, but it's, that is it's true. Just Crowder is. And the other, thing, but you could, you, yep. The other side of it is what was great about um, you know the David Crowder asterisk band is there was blame displacement <laughs> you know it wasn't all now <laughs> now with crowder it's just all my fault i mean and i know it every day it's like ah, well looks like you were the one that did that i don't like that at all <laughs> and then it's just like yeah i did that was me i did that i don't get to say no it was those guys i don't even like it either <laughs> it's all my fault it's all all you that we've got to blame but in this instance i think it's fair to say, probably on behalf of listeners as well, we're very grateful for your gift of music <laughs> and what you bring is lovely, David. So we appreciate it. As I said, I love, I love, still, I love getting to do it. You know, as I, as I said earlier, when you get to do what you love, and especially when you um, get to insert your giftedness into the kingdom and community of, of uh, followers of Jesus, is pretty special. So I'm. Um, super grateful and humbled that I get to do this. It's a gift. Anyway, that's just an aside. But, but an interesting aside. So so you basically just got phone calls and you just kept on picking up the phone and going further and further and further because you have gone a bit further than California now, haven't you? So uh, where, where, where have you toured and who have you toured with? Well, I'm excited. Um, it's been a lot of folks I've gotten to go on the road with, but I'm super pumped. Um, we have hits deep is a tour that's been happening. That's always had a lot of bands and stuff on it. That Toby Mack, who was a part of DC talk. Um, Toby Mack started this tour uh, a number of years ago. I've been trying to get out on the road with Toby Mack for like ever. And it finally has worked out. And so that's what's coming up. And so I can't, <clears throat> I can't even name the people we've been out with because I'm so excited about being out with Toby. Like, dude, this dude, he is a gem of a human and his band that, you know, when he started this diverse city and a lot of what I've been chipping away at and trying to do musically that shows, uh, I'd rather show it than talk about it where, where the church is diverse and generationally as well as racially. Um, this dude, I mean, his band's diverse city, like his, approach to what it looks like for the church to sing has been super inspirational to me and i think he's getting younger and younger speaking of, i was just i was just wondering how old is toby mack these days i i'm not sure that I, I think it's a benjamin button still like i think like like i see him and i'm like man you're getting like younger i don't he's more acrobatic now than he ever was i i don't know i'm so i'm gonna come back with some 
great TikTok moves and some good dance. <laughs> I'm gonna have some dance moves. I'll be I'll be doing some challenges on this uh, TikTok stuff by the time we're done with this. I guarantee it. Jumping off trampolines, all that kind of thing. I I just like to know what's the thing you're most looking forward to about the tour. Having spent a lot of years trying to get our schedules to line up, being on just, just it is Toby. It is man. It's well, it's his band. His, his whole. I think you know musically it's admirable what he's been up to and to be able to stay so current and so fun um generationally speaking you know as i said like this not it's not just that he's exhibited racial diversity he's exhibited generational diversity which is like so scriptural like generation to generation is how the transmission of of the the gospel is to happen and and that part is incredible to be like our, all of our folks, all of the guys that I love and get to, you know, live life on the road with are the biggest fans of all of his players and singers. And like, it's just, I, I'm just excited to be around people that have been doing it so well uh, and are so talented. And, and when you, when you get, when you get the opportunity to be near people who have leveraged what they've been given to the glory of God, it gets really special. And so I'm, I've just watched them for so long do that. And uh, so I'm just, I'm happy to get to hang with some really good friends and people that I think are doing what I get to do in a way that I admire. Wow. Really special. I like, I like that. It's, um, it's not the answer that we always get on the show. There's normally all sorts of different things that people say, but, uh, but for you to just absolutely say how much you appreciate somebody else like that is kind of, kind of lovely. And Toby Mac, I've got to say, a bit, bit of a favour of mine and something that we, uh, well, something we play a lot on the station. So, um, so that, is, that is great. Um, can I ask a question about your wife? How long have you married? Um, we've been married 26, it's going to be 26 years, uh, in March. So like we're coming up on 26, we dated, we started dating in, uh, um, uh, what would y'all call it? So high school. So my, um, my 12th year <clears throat> in school. So I would be 18, uh, I would be 17 and she would be 15. So she was two years younger than me. And, um, um, man, so we've been hanging out. We dated for like six years before we got married. Um, she's been putting up with me for a very long time. If you want to know uh, what grace and forgiveness looks like, <laughs> marriage is the best place to find it. She is a, she is a gem of a human and the most talented of the Crowder household, for sure. I mean, you get to- uh, who else is in the household? Just it's just me and her. But she does like uh, interior design, architecture stuff and goodness it it just blow it would blow your mind to see what she's up to it's it's incredible she's the she's the talented one i just play songs (laughs) i just sing i I just play songs yeah she she actually does she actually does work it's great i heard a little story now you can feel free to choose any story you like at this moment but there was something that your wife found out about you after you got married that she didn't know before Oh, what, 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 what is this? I don't know. Oh, I, well, I, I understand that you sleepwalk and you've got a couple of sleepwalking stories. Oh, how in the world would you know that? Because I do my research. Oh, my goodness. Dude, I, there were a couple of moments that it was, it was uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you don't know. Like, how would you know? Like, 
you've been sleeping alone for your whole life and you don't know what you're doing. I don't know. My, my parents never told me. I guess they couldn't spot me walking around or something. But yeah, um, there were there were probably three or four super embarrassing incidents that happened right after we got, I mean, we got back from the honeymoon and I know she was like, what in the world did I get into? One was, one was, uh, she said, so all I know is I woke up to the word, oh no, they're going to explode. And what, what I know she's talking about is there are some Dr. Pepper cans that I had put in the freezer to try to get cool. And I forgot to move them back into the refrigeration part of it. And so I just jumped out of, I mean, immediately I'm going to save the family is what I felt. I felt like a diehard kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm Bruce Willis. I gotta, I gotta save the world. <laughs> and so I, I jump up. I got it. I run to the kitchen, throw up in the free, freezer, grab the Dr. Pepper cans, sprint to the front of the house, throw up in the door. I'm on the porch I'm just launching. I'm like launching them like these Dr. Pepper cans into the street. Um, and, and then and I stand like, and they just land. Nothing explodes. Nothing. It just like, it's just like threw frozen Dr. Pepper cans into the street and it's right by the college campus. So there's lots of students around and I'm on our front porch in, in my, in my, uh, uh, what would you call what do you boxer shorts underwear I'm in my pants I'm in my pants yeah pants pants yeah pants here you put that your trousers are our pants definitely pants okay that's not good news no it's terrible and I'm I'm totally doing like Superman but I'm like well save the family and then I hear so you're still you're still asleep I I don't know any I get told all of this later like and I have thrown these things and I'm standing like Superman pose and I'm like, absolutely, I'll take care of the family. And then people start cheering, and I'm like, absolutely. And then I go back to bed, <laughs> to which my wife is telling me later, bro, <laughs> like, we're going to have to, like, put locks on the doors or something. Like, I don't know what we need to do to change our situation, but that was uncool. <laughs> that That's a great story. A, a second one as well, I think. Let's say that again. Is there a second story to follow that up as well? Oh, you're just making me do it. I know. Yeah, I am. Right. <laughs> Man, I haven't done this in forever. Oh, she's going to kill me if she sees this. Um, so she wakes up at some point in the night, and we, we, our, 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 our bedroom is, is it's not bigger than the bed. Like, it's just a bed. It's literally a bedroom. The bed is the room. And so yeah, you, you, to get out of bed, you just climb off the front of it because that's the only thing that will fit in the room. At the foot of the bed is like a sliding door closet situation. And so, uh, you know, that's where all our stuff is. And, and, and she wakes up and she hears something in the closet. The doors are closed. And she's like, David, are, are you in the closet? And, I, and the door flies open and I go, seconds, seconds, seconds again. And she's like that slams shut she's like what that were those were not words i go uh, throw open the door i go and she's like those are not words what in the world are you doing in the closet and it's i mean it's, it's a tiny it's like i don't even know how it's fitting in there and, and, and then so 
she gets up, slides off the foot of the bed, and I have decided for some reason to mark my territory (laughs) (laughs) to to stake my claim. I am, I am, I'm urinating in Oliver's shoes. I'm just in her shoes, and I am urinating in her shoes. To which she's like. <laughs> and 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 so here's the point of that story we're still together <laughs> yeah she totally loves you that was week one that was week one that was you know, week one grenade yeah that was that, we're throwing grenades into the street Man. in our camp and and um I'm, I'm marking my territory letting her know who, who who's <laughs> so <laughs> that's amazing story i gotta say thank you for sharing from your from your, perhaps a little bit vulnerable at that point but i i, I yeah, feels feels too much feels like a, yeah it's yeah. I, maybe it's good to every once in a while just get that out maybe it's maybe it's helpful I'm, I'm not sure but for everyone at home i hope you enjoyed that story i personally did i thought that was funny so um uh, and, and do, you, do you still sleep warp or is it is it sorted now okay once you <laughs> once once you urinate in your wife's shoes, no more sleepwalking. <laughs> it, oh, it gets stopped. Oh, oh yeah. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's one of those deals. Like you know, they always say, like never wake up somebody that's sleepwalking. And I've always like wondered, like why not? Well, I don't know. Maybe you should. Maybe you should wake them up, and then they won't ever do that again. Yeah. Uh, so I got woken up that night, and uh, it's never happened. That was the first and only time that happened, and it, things got more calm as the years went on i'm i am glad for you and for tony that that that, that was the case because she she would not be happy if that happened regularly that's for sure nope <laughs> that's hilarious talking to some of the best names in contemporary christian music this is the hope fm artist interview music wise okay your album came out last year um so milk and honey and it's an absolutely beautiful piece of work i really have enjoyed listening to it so uh this year you're touring are you writing new songs all the time? How does your process work on that? It really comes in like uh, segments of time. So like right now, bizarrely, I don't know why, but it just is. I haven't done this before, really. Um, I've been working and writing Christmas songs. So I may have in the least like a Christmas EP coming. Um, so far, they're all just funny fun songs <laughs> you know i'm waiting to write that uh, you know mary did you know or christmas shoes moment or something you know that lasts uh within the church house but uh right now they're all really funny fun festive christmas tunes and so uh, i may have a i may have no promises here may have like a christmas album or ep coming up next it's just what i'm kind of Probably, probably September time or something then. I, well, yeah, probably. I don't know. I, that makes me scared. September, uh, maybe, maybe October, November. I don't. Yeah, well, we we don't play any Christmas songs on Hope FM till December the first. We have a rule, but I know in America you start it far too early. That it, it keeps getting earlier and earlier, and I'm against it. I'm I'm not for that, but um, that that's great. So it won't come out till December first. <laughs> I think we just made that agreement. I think we just made that agreement. Yeah. That's great. That's good. That's good. That's good. 
<laughs> okay, uh, so we, we've, we talked about your social, uh, which I've got to recommend to people. Uh, where do people find you? How do they connect you? What's your what's your social name, etc.? I don't have any idea. <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I really do. I think it's Crowder like on uh, Instagram and stuff, but then Crowder Music. I I have no idea. You can you can do it. You can do it. They have to use if a search button, yeah, won't they? I was about to say. I think they have platforms for this. I think they have ways to get to. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, and I don't know, and I don't even know if it's like necessary for it. Like I don't. You've got enough to do already. Like, do you really need to find it? I don't know. I don't know if that's a good recommendation. But well, if you if if you want to laugh, definitely get onto to David's Instagram okay. because that has especially like. The R2-D2 with a trash can next to it. That was fun. Oh. So you'd forgotten you did that one, didn't you? I did. I know. It was, it was kind of great the way it's you know, situated. It's kind of leaning back like that. You know, I was like, that's it's too perfect. It's too perfect. It, it's great. I'm a kind of Star Wars nerd too. So that made me, that one particularly made me happy. Felt like a lot of things in the same place at the same time. <laughs> So, so more, more, more on the Star Wars end of things than than the Marvel end of things, or the Star Trek end of things. Um, I'm into the Marvel thing, uh, pretty heavy too. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, okay. into the Star Trek. Uh, all of the originals, like you know, I've probably watched all the original Star Treks mm, too many times to count. Like it's like it's it's kind of sick, but uh, the Marvel thing, pretty cool. Yeah. Have you seen One Division? Yes, absolutely. How fun is that? Like that was that. I thought that was very, very classy. Really enjoyed that. So yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was really fun. And and without without any spoilers, I just want to also know: Have you seen the new Matrix film? I have. I heard. I heard so much negativity about it, and I actually enjoyed it. And I, I don't know if that's like. I don't know if that's like. You played me well. Like if you tell me, you won't like this, then I'm absolutely determined to and i don't know that might have been it but i really felt like I, I i enjoyed it it was fun it felt like um you know there's some stuff that i might want to do a little different or um but overall i felt similar to how i felt the on the first matrix where you're trying to figure out which reality you're in and like what happening when the blue and the red pill come up there was a lot of cool stuff that i was like man i'm i'm into this and also i'm just i'm i don't think i could i don't think i could ever root against keanu reeves at this point in life i just i don't care what he does uh, uh nicholas cage like i don't care what nicholas cage does i just i'm gonna enjoy it it doesn't matter uh keanu reeves feels yeah, like a, yeah. somebody you can get behind I think that's good. I think I think he's actually becoming an extremely popular person. So, which um, because he's had some really good points. So, yeah, definitely, I'm looking forward to to seeing it before too long. That's for sure. Um, well, we've got one more track to play from you, okay. uh, and and the track I believe is going to be "God Really Loves Us." Tell us about "God Really Loves Us." How fun that that uh, relates kind of back to the John McMillan thing. To me, it just feels like a thing. Yeah, it's a it's a theme that I. I think the church just needs to revisit in many ways. The um, so on the track you're playing is Dante Bow, who's a part of the Mav City stuff, and then Mav City, Maverick City, um, Coral uh, is happening. It's really a very simple track. It's just basically piano, 
uh, and vocals and, and, um, man, it barely made the album. I was trying to write with Dante for, um, all like through the whole kind of lockdown situation when I was working on music and our, it, it just couldn't get schedules to work. And so I'm supposed to turn in the album on Friday, which means mastered, everything's mixed, mastered, we're done. And um, Dante hollers Sunday before that Friday and says, Hey, are you, what are you doing today? You want to, you want to try to write today? I'm totally free. I'll be in town. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Come over. And I'm not like, there's no way we can't like write something that we can get ready for the album by Friday. Like it's, I've already been mixing and we've been, we've been working hard on the rest of it. And I'm like, there's, but you know, who knows? We'll see what comes out of it. And he, he was over at the house, maybe an hour and a half. Got a call or something. It was like, oh man, I got to go. And so we had just like, we had just gotten into the tune and, and I'm like, wow, man, it's great. Hang finally, you know, we got to hang. And then after he had left, I started playing back uh, the ideas we had, we had kind of collected and I'm like, Oh my goodness, this may be, this may be the heaviest track of the whole album. And so I, I called him. I'm like, man, is there any way you could come back tomorrow and sing like a legit vocal if I can get it up to speed for you by then? And he's like, yeah. And so he came back the next day saying his stuff and he sang his stuff to like a scratch piano. Like it was, it's amazing that that track exists and, uh, and we got it right. Like it's Thursday night when mastering is happening and I'm turning in the track that we did <laughs> to have mastered. And, and, uh, I think those are some of the best songs. Like it, as I said, like he was, we were only together for maybe an hour, hour and a half. And, and then, uh, that's what came of it. And, uh, man, I love it. I, it's, it's a, in the same way that anchor starts the night, it feels like it's also a very pivotal moment where things get really simple. You're singing simple words. God really loves us. That's a mind blow of a statement. And um, the way it, it came to be musically, I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of and near. Um, as I said, it's one of those things I just need to, I need to sing for myself uh, over and over to remind me that that's the truth. Yeah. I, singing true songs, man. You know, they always say like, you know, three chords in the truth, but uh, I, that as that's pretty good when the truth is something as as formative and foundational as the love of god yeah absolutely brilliant introduction so david say thanks so very much for joining us on the artist interview a podcast from hope fm it's been great chatting with you you've been great fun and the music that you bring is beautiful and it changes people's lives so really appreciate you david god bless you thanks for joining us you're so kind i appreciate it too thanks for the time and, and uh, i loved it as well it was great uh, fantastic That was God Really Loves Us by 
David Crowder. Uh, thank you so very much, Dave, for sparing time to be with us today on the Artist Into a podcast from Hope FM. I'm your host, Gordon C. I really enjoyed chatting to that guy. Great stories, uh, amazing music. And you can listen to uh, loads of other artists with great stories and great music as well on the Artist Interview podcast. So pop onto your favourite podcast platform uh, to get them all there. And uh, please do us a favour, maybe subscribe, like it, share it with a friend. There's so many blessings in it and it'd be great for those to go far and wide. Uh, so thanks very much for joining me. God bless you. Bye-bye. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview.